one reason or another, immigration is always on the news. And one of the main headlines this year was the migrant crisis in New York City and migrants, migrants allegedly receiving free housing and participating in welfare programs all across the country. And this raised concerns for many people who claim that immigrants abuse the welfare state. So is there validity to this concern of immigrants abusing the welfare state? And if there is, is it a problem with immigration or is it a problem with the welfare state itself? And how should we think about immigration and welfare programs in the context of today's mixed economy? Welcome to New Idea Live, the podcast of the Island Institute. I'm Agustina Vergarasil, and with me is Onkar Gatti. We'll be discussing these questions about this very controversial topic. So, Onkar, I think it's worth starting with some facts or, or some data that we have available about really what is the impact of immigration in the well, on the welfare state. So I think it's worth uh, saying, okay, because the impression that any person would get just from, from watching the news, especially kind of like conservative publications and, and channels, I think they would think that immigrants just take so much welfare and that they are like, I've seen things as something like they are being provided iPhones and they have all this lavish lifestyle from just welfare. But it even illegal immigrants, which is what one of the claims that illegal immigrants get all this welfare. But the truth is that, what does the law say? At the federal level, immigrants are mostly restricted from receiving welfare. So most legal immigrants, meaning lawful permanent residents, people here legally that have gone through the process, can't access mean-tested welfare at the federal level for the first five years of residency with a few exceptions that uh, are mostly at the state level and that are uh, funded with state taxes. This is, again, legal immigrants. Illegal immigrants don't have access at all to welfare at, this, at the federal level except for emergency Medicaid. So why is it then that we see uh, these headlines about migrants uh, receiving welfare in New York City? That is because that comes from the local government. That comes from a, from a law in New York City called the Right to Shelter Law that is uh, providing shelter and food and other resources to, has the, it makes it so the state has the obligation to provide all these resources to anyone who doesn't, who is unhoused. So that is the context of what benefits, that type of benefits immigrants are allowed to get, legal and illegal in the United States. Now, we have some data that says that immigrants consume 27%, very precise number, less welfare than native-born Americans. If we widen uh, to like this number to all government-funded services, immigrants allegedly pay $1.43 in taxes for every $1 they consume in benefits from local, state, and federal programs. So that would mean that the impact of immig that immigrants overall contribute more than they consume. So one question I wanted to ask you, Ankar, what do we make about, this num about these numbers? Are, are these useful to understanding the issue of immigration and welfare? I'm skeptical of the numbers 
and particularly when you give it, it they consume 27% less welfare. The, that level of accuracy of getting in the numbers, I'm skeptical of because if you think of what they're trying to calculate and how difficult it is to calculate and then what data you have to draw on in order to try to make these calculations, the, the more you think about it, the more you get, yeah, this would be really, really hard to calculate. Just to calculate, take it outside of immigration. So part of what you brought up is they pay 1.43 in taxes for every dollar they consume. Try to calculate what you pay in taxes or just what an American, uh, average American said. What if I paid in ta property taxes, sales taxes, um, in, I, I'm in the state of Virginia, the, the, there's taxes on vehicles. What taxes do you pay at the gasoline pump? And those vary from state to state and so on. If you travel, take a, a road trip and travel into eight states, like what, how much tax did you pay? Some states have sales tax, some don't. You, um, and so if you really thought that, can I calculate even down to the, uh, with a margin of error of $1,000 or even $10,000, what I've paid in taxes, I'm skeptical, I can do that. I'm skeptical some outside person looking at some data about me could do that. Put it in the context of immigration, when you look at, if you just take one welfare program, social security, and look, they're trying to figure out what do um, Americans or citizens pay? What do immigrants pay? And then try to divide it up into legal immigrants and illegal immigrants. Um, I mean, one thing is known that for illegal immigrants, many in order to hold a job and so have to give some number. So they give a fraudulent social security number which means they're paying social security taxes, knowing full well they'll never get, they'll never be able to claim this when they get old for social security. The social security administration keeps some kind of number in regard to this and has some kind of bureaucratic classification of what this is. Um, I've seen some estimates that it's a hundred billion dollars that has been paid by people who will never recover it because they're using uh, fraudulent uh, or fake social security numbers. The idea that the Social Security Administration is tracking this and could calculate this and so to know like we've got this much fraud in the system and th this is what it means. So there's no way a government agency can do that. If you look at just what happened, like say with COVID funds, they have no idea for like 20% of the funds, they don't know what happened, who got it. So th there's so it's so one complex. And two, you're drawing on data that is likely faulty, incomplete, and so on. So at best, these numbers, I think, are guesstimates. But the, when you get it to the accuracy that, and it's on both sides, that it's like pro-immigration or anti-immigration, they'll have different numbers. And I don't find it surprising that they'll have different numbers because you can stress the importance of certain things over others, and then you can make Estimate. Well, I estimate the frauds this, and somebody else estimates it. No, it's less or it's more than that, and so and so you can easily get to a number that you want to get to. Either or, look, they don't draw as much welfare as the native born, um, or they do. They draw more, and and so all these numbers I would take with more than a grain of salt.
Yeah, and even like these numbers say, okay, without immigration, like one of the reasons why the, the pro-immigration people like like to call this number is that, look, without immigrants, we won't have a welfare state, like which like they see like it's a very bad thing. But because there won't be enough people contributing to sustain the people that are retired. Um, so that is an argument that is usually made, but I am, what you just said, you know, like the pro-immigration people will have this set of arguments saying like, look, they're net positive. And the other side will say, well, actually my numbers say otherwise. I think this type of debate is what's typical in immigration is like, I have this set of facts and the opposing side has this other set of facts. Someone is lying and it ain't me. Essentially, that's what both sides claim. But I find this extremely unsatisfactory because it is a debate that is extremely pragmatic. And, you know, just saying like, oh, yeah, immigrants abuse the welfare state. And the response is, no, they don't. Look at these facts. And they're like, no, but mine say different. It does not answer the question. But because what if the for some reason like the actual facts came out that you know immigrants do take more than uh they consume more than they uh than they give to the system but what does that mean would that mean that we need to stop immigration because they consume more welfare than they than they than they contribute i think that while that would be a consideration that's important to 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 take into account and to say okay why is this happening it can't be the answer that because of these, if these data changes, then we need to change the entire principle of like, should we have uh, free immigration or should we have immigration or not? It strikes me as exactly unprincipled. So I wanted to ask you, Ankar, about like, how do, how do we think about this issue? Like, how do we think about the immigration and welfare debate? Get like stepping they kind of like zooming out from this very pragmatic fight, fight about like I have these facts and the, the other side has these facts and then we don't we, we agree to disagree essentially. It, it, it's pragmatic, but it's also collectivistic, and th that's what I resent the most about the whole debate. And it's it's the nature of a welfare system, and it's more broadly the nature of a mixed economy when you have this much government control and that part of what the government is doing is taking money from people who earn it confiscating it and giving it to people who didn't earn it and precisely like you lose title to your earnings precisely because you earned it and you gain title someone else gains title precisely because they didn't earn it that's what a welfare system is so to go around then and say well, look, here there's immigrants who get more than they've paid in. That's what a welfare system is. And it's the same of the recipients uh, in who are American. The whole thing is set up to, that, to take money from people who earn it and to give it to people who didn't. And that's true whether it's an immigrant or an American citizen who's getting welfare. Um, so the this is part of the to make this this is essentially about immigration um it's not essentially about immigration it's essentially about the welfare state and the mixed economy 
And let's here take something just completely outside that doesn't involve um, immigration. There's a context in a, a normal human pro-life context in which you would say, look, life expectancy in the U.S. is going up. People are living longer. Um, that's a great thing. When you have something like Social Security, the fact that other people are living longer becomes a threat to you. And particularly like if you're younger at working age, now the idea that this person um, who I have to pay for those, their social security and these, all these welfare system and programs are not investments. It's not there's some fund that's invested in stocks and bonds and, so, and now it's growing and that's how we pay for people's retirement. You pay social security is a program that took money from young people who earned it and gave it to old people with the promise that when these young people get old, we'll take from other young people, we'll take their money and give it to you. That's what the whole program is. And that's why now when it's, it's the, we have a population that's living longer and the ratio of retirees to workers is growing, retirees are a threat to young people and, and young people can rightly think but it's perverse that the system's doing this, but rightly think, yeah, I don't want these people to live longer because then I have to pay for two more years of their retirement. And that means my social security taxes go up. I have less money. I can't buy a home. I can't have another kid because we can't afford it. And, so, and it pits people against each other. That's, that's what the welfare state does in a mixed economy. And it has nothing to do with immigration. Immigration is just at most an instance of it. But then when you think of what the U.S. immigration programs are, and this is why so many economists say the solution of them not going bankrupt is going to involve more immigration because what they're not transfers basically to poor people, they're transfers to old people and transfers a euphemism. It's giving money, for, for taking it from people who earned it and giving it to older people, Medicare and Social Security, the people who are getting money from these programs are older people. And so immigration tends to be younger people coming into the country and you're gonna mm -hmm. need it to pay for those programs. That's also partly what's so crazy about the debate. It's of all the things to single out, well, immigration's a drain on the system. Immigration is part of what keeps the system afloat. Yeah, I agree that this perspective the young of people living longer being a burden on the people that are of working age is like okay the more the longer people live the more i have to sacrifice and put my own values aside and on hold because i have to contribute this to the people that are living long so I, and i think and, it and also this this source go ahead i was going to say that it's people have to realize this is what a mixed economy does to you it makes you Look, I don't, I have older neighbors. The, the idea that I should resent them that they're living longer is bizarre. Um, I like my neighbors, friendly with them. The idea, oh, but they're, I wish they would die so I don't have to pay for their retirement. That's crazy. But the system mm -hmm. pushes in that direction. And you have to really resist being pushed in that direction. And similarly, people pushing, oh, but you should think of immigrants as a drain on you and you're, you're gonna have to pay more taxes and so on. The whole system tries to tie people together 
And this is the collectivism and pit people against each other. Like if you live longer, that means I have less money. So maybe I should want that you don't live longer. The, it, one has to think it, the system's the enemy, not this old person. And similarly, even if you thought immigrants are a drain on the, the, your taxes and so on, the solution is not, oh, to hate immigrants. The solution is hate the system that's pushing you to be suspicious of people who want to come here, build a life and work. Yeah, and I think this impacts the, the debate also in ways that where people that are, I, I've read people that are generally pro-immigration, but they say like, look, we only can bring skilled immigrants and of working age. Because if we start bringing, if we keep bringing just, you know, the parents of the immigrants and, you know, letting the, the citizens foster older people, they are just, they, it doesn't fiscally make sense. So to me, this is upsetting because it's seeing people as like numbers in a way that, okay, if it doesn't make sense fiscally for you to come live your life here in freedom in America, even if it's the last 20 years of your life, then you cannot come. That is not the way to think about immigration, I don't think. And this is part of how this issue distorts the debate and makes it so pragmatic that it loses sight of what really matters, I think. But also, so I think someone on the left would respond to your argument on Cardinal, like, but of course that you should uh, sacrifice and you should pay for someone else's retirement. And I find that that answer also unsatisfactory. It can't be that that we don't care about this, this thing that is happening, that we actually say it is okay for people to, or people have this duty and they should be okay with it to just fund, have their, their uh, taxes raised so they can fund a, an aging population. That's what the, the, the left would say, and I also find it unsatisfactory. But I think I mean, the debate is more nuanced than just left and right. There are like other, you know, uh, other views that, you know, a little bit in between. But I think that what I've seen is that it's basically a lot of people on the right, a lot of conservatives just tend to have this very specific view that is anti-immigration when it comes to the welfare state and how they use the welfare state to advocate for restrictions in immigration. So the a lot of uh, right-wing people tend to uh, portray the problem as this absolutely massive thing. Like I said earlier, if you watch the news, some conservative outlets, you would think, oh my God, immigrants are just making more money than I am making, like a citizen that makes uh, it's like um, an average salary in the United States. And it is actually not like that, but the the right keeps, some conservatives keep making up facts about this issue to rile people up, it seems like. So we have, I, I grabbed just one example uh, about a, with a post by Lauren Bobert. So this is a claim that immigrants receive receive a check from the government every month. And I'll say, I've been really paying attention and focusing on the issue of immigration for about, like really focusing on it for about two years, two and a half years. A claim like this comes up at least, like, and it makes headlines and all that, at least two, if not three times a year. It is very common. So, Robert uh, says, 
Biden is giving each illegal family $2,200 per month plus a free plane ticket and free medical care. If you come to this country illegally, you get everything handed to you on a silver platter. If you're a struggling American citizen, you get nothing. You actually just subsidize this foolishness. So there is a lot to unpack in this tweet. I'll say this is essentially made out of like thin air. Like part of the confusion, the intentional confusion involved here is she's confusing um, migrants and asylum seekers who have entered the United States legally with illegal immigrants, and she's confusing some of one-time payments to organizations that help. Uh, asylum seekers with uh, a stipend of $2,200 a month plus a free plane ticket and free medical care. Uh, just confusing those those things. Essentially, this is all made up. So they, the this anti-immigrant side, they just keep making facts up about welfare, which seems to be one of the issues that people care the most about. Why is it, Onkar, that they just keep making up this stuff and feeding these these narratives? Like this has answered, like this claim about the monthly check of two thousand plus dollars has been debunked time and time again. It keeps coming up a couple times a year. Why is this? Why is a congressperson like doing this and like lying to constituents in this way, which is, it's extreme, like, I think it's shameful. I know that Bobber has been shamed for other really questionable behavior she said, but like, she hasn't been shamed enough for things like this, I don't think. So why is it immigrant? Is this scapegoating? Uh, why is this on card? Is this scapegoating immigrants? Like, what's, what's going on here? Yes, I think it's obviously scapegoating immigrants, and that's part of what you're responding to so negatively. Um, in regard and yeah this kind of thing you see regularly in the political debate about immigration they're an easy scapegoat um they're and particularly as we descend more into tribalism they're the outsider the different the other it's easy to pin all the problems on them and notice the way she puts it if you're a struggling american citizen you get nothing and the part of it that it's playing to the base, there certainly is in sort of the Trumpian base, there's certainly xenophobia and racism, but there's also more broadly, it's again, this is thinking, this is what a mixed economy does. I, and Ayn Rand was adamant that what it does is it breaks people into warring groups. It's, it descends more and more into gang warfare. Um, it's, you're trying to uh, exploit other people and feel like other people are trying to exploit you. And so that there's many Americans who will see, they, like take just the financial crisis. And it's these people, they, they see Wall Street being bailed out. Um, they see all kinds of people who took out mortgages, who don't seem to suffer from the fact they get bailed out in a certain way. Or take the student loan that Biden is doing. It's like we didn't go to college, we went straight to work. And so these people took out loans and now it's, oh, it turns out they're not loans, they were free money um, because we're, we're forgiving the loans. And they look at that and they think of it and part of the way it's put it, like it's a rigged system and it's us against them. It's 
the, the, and so it's again, what a mixed economy does is instead of looking, oh, this is great that you're going to college and getting an education. Now you think of it, well, maybe it's a threat to me that they're going to college because they're going to take loans and then their loans are going to be forgiven. But forgiven means somebody else paid for this, which means I who didn't go to um, college is paying for the person who went to college. And like, how's that fair? And it's playing on that. And those things are real. People see these, can't fully conceptualize or understand what's happening. This is why they're vulnerable to a scapegoat. That it's, oh, yeah, so you, you're not doing as well and you see all these other people. Well, it's immigration and it's the immigrants doing it. And, and look at that, what they do. And look at, and they parade someone who has an iPhone or getting money and say, like, this is what it is all like. This is where all your money's going. This is why you're held back. And again, people are susceptible to it not all for good reasons so there is some xenophobia and racism but you i don't think you can understand the full phenomenon without thinking what the mixed economy does to people and it it makes everyone suspicious of everyone else and that's a recipe for conflict yes and in, instead of again focusing on on the actual enemy let's say the welfare state it's the focus on the recipients but the recipients are made to be uh the, the, in a way they're made to be parasites of other people because that's how the system works but it's interesting and, to me because many of us go ahead no go ahead oh. Oh. uh many conservatives oppose the welfare state. We, we know that like, they oppose it in some way or another, either kind of like doing away with it or restricting it, in, like, shrinking it in, in considerable ways. But when it comes to immigration, the reaction is not, oh, this is another reason why we should, have, uh, we should abolish the welfare state. The reaction is, is, let's ban immigration. So the reaction is to further violate rights, to, impor to impose further restrictions, in this case on immigration, instead of looking at the fact that the welfare state is a problem. That is what makes me sometimes suspicious of, of the motivation of some of the people that are that get so riled up about immigrants and the welfare state. Like, okay, why is your focus on the immigrants and not on the, the real positive, which is the welfare state? Yes, and, and particularly to go back to something we said before, that in the context of the U.S. welfare state or U.S. welfare programs, that they so obviously need immigration to keep them afloat, that your the your whole focus will be we've got to restrict immigration versus we've got to try to um, reduce and reform our welfare programs, which everybody knows are unsustainable, and yet there's no political will to do anything in regard to it. That like that has to be the target, not immigration. And it, as I said, if anything, immigration would fit in. Well, we obviously need until we reform these programs, you need much more immigration. Otherwise, all you what, that will happen, but it's politically unfeasible that it will happen. Is you have massive cuts in these programs. That no, now the age of social that you can get social security goes from. 67 to 75 like that's the only way which means all kinds of people who were thinking about well my retirement will be such that i'll be able to get social security now all of a sudden won't be able to get it um and the, 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 it, 
given that reality that it's, oh, we can't have immigration. That's the, yeah, there's something off in the whole motivation. And I would add one other thing here that, that's important. And this particularly in regard to the left, the, the idea of that you want immigration, but don't care if people are able to work, that's perverse. Um, and yet it's so much on the left. We want immigrants. Yeah, we'll take care of them. They're suffering. They're in need. So we'll have all kinds of assistance program. That's their whole focus rather than, um, yeah, people should be able to come here and it should be as easy as possible to be able to work so that most of the people coming here don't want to be on welfare. And it's if the system forces them, like it's that we will take a job. No, you're not allowed to take a job. Do you have a work permit? And says, no, you don't have that. It pushes them in the direction of, well, the only way that I can cope at, or maybe cope for the first few months because I'm not allowed to work and maybe I will be at some point. So they go on these kinds of welfare programs. The idea that you would blame them, that like, why are you going on welfare? Well, you don't let me work. Um, and the left couldn't care less about that in, in my view. Um, or at least most on the left. There are some better people who realize, like say what happened in New York City, that it's, yeah, part of the problem is many of these people don't want to be put up like their charity cases, unable to sustain their own lives and so on. But if you don't let them take any job, then what are they going to do? Um, and the, the idea that it's um, some of the even better people, Democrats and so on is, yeah, maybe we should get at least temporary work permits and so on. And yeah, if you take out the temporary, that's what you should do. Yeah, th that brings me on to a question that I struggled with when these headlines uh, earlier this year started coming out about the, the migrants in New York City. So these migrants are mostly asylum seekers who, like, just a clarification, they have entered uh, legally as asylum seekers. So they get here. They get to New York City. Sometimes they're shipped to uh, New York City or other cities that are demo Democrat, uh, Democrat-run cities in a kind of like political game that uh, it exceeds the topic of this podcast. But they're shipped there, and then they are not allowed to work. So they get here. They're not allowed to work, and I I struggled a bit with how to judge this. So, but then I realized. I was talking to a colleague and, and I realized, okay, but okay, what is the alternative that they have? So they left a situation, a dire situation in, in Latin America, Central America, South America. They came here and now they get to your city and they're told, no, you cannot work. So your option is you literally die, starve or freeze to death in the winter, or you take welfare. With those two choices, what are they supposed to do? So a lot of people just call them like butchers and, uh, you know, parasites. And, you know, why do you even come here if you, if you know that you won't be able to work? But that is, they are in a situation where they're escaping hell, essentially. They get here, they can't work, and it's the, 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 the other thing they die or take welfare. Can we blame them on car for, for taking welfare? Like, how do we judge this, this type of situation? Yeah, I don't blame them. Indeed, I think they should. Like if I were, if you projected at an individual level, 
And if you are in that situation and you're trying to escape and you think you're, so asylum is often, they think they're persecuted in their own country, they're at risk in their own country, that you leave. And if you do it on the premise, yeah, I'm going to America and I'm going to have a job. And, so on. and if you get there and people say, no, we're not going to allow you to work. And so on. the idea that, oh, you're going to say, oh, but of course you can't take welfare either. That's crazy. And if you just projected yourself in that situation, you would take it. Now, to take it morally, it should be, look, I want to work. And if you would let me work um, and I can find people who would want to hire me. Um, so it's a voluntary win-win transaction. I'd stop taking welfare. If, they, like, if that really were their attitude, it's completely moral to take it in those circumstances. And there, there's that... The idea that you would, that, so asylum is presented as these people are desperate, they're in need, and we're uh, warm hearted and we're going to receive them. If you don't allow them to work, you're not treating them as human beings, you're not actually respecting them. It's uh, the first thing that I would want if I was an asylum seeker is. I'm persecuted in the, my home country. I want to make something of my life in this country. If you would just leave me free, that's what I would do. And that's what they need. And the idea of what they need is um, a, a extension of the welfare programs that go for more years and so on. No, what they need just is what every American needs, which is the freedom, the freedom to live their life and the freedom to work. And that the whole orientation should be around that and this is the precisely because our immigration system is so anti-work this is what legitimately gives rise to i'm worried about a lot of immigrants coming here yeah like if you're if if what's going to happen is a ton of people are going to come here and we're going to prevent all of them from working that will be a disaster and you when you see things like new york city and it it's they and they can't work and that as i said politically there's some push to well maybe we what we need to do is free up the system so that they can work that like if you project that on a wider scale that is a disaster um but the solution again mm -hmm. is not well turn against immigration or immigrants it's we want the people who want to come and work so why don't we allow them to work when they come yes and this view of of immigrants as kind of like charity cases that need to be, that are so vulnerable, need to be protected, they need our help. You know, so many, like particularly the asylum seekers, they cross the desert, the, the, uh, they got on top of a train to get here, like all sorts of things. And this is where they need help. Like you just, I think I with, they just need to be left alone to build the life they want to be. And building a life means not being dependent on the government, on anyone, but on the government specifically. And like this, this is the view from the left, uh, from a lot of people in the left. And um, I found, I, I think it's a prominent view, but I found this uh, view as portrayed by uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. And uh, we have a little excerpt from an article. Uh, so Ocasio-Cortez um, has also announced the Embrace Act which would allow all immigrants, including those living in the country legally, to be provided with the same federal public benefits as U.S. citizens. 
and equal zero same. Our nation must recognize that our history, immigrants, enslaved peoples, and refugees built this country. We all do better when we create a just society that embraces our most vulnerable populations and paves a path to prosperity for all. And she continues, this bill ensures that all persons in need are eligible for the largest programs of the social safety net, regardless of their immigration status. So I think this is pretty reflective of this view from the left that it's all about the need. It's all about like, if someone has a need, then that is a claim on the wealth of others and the products of the, the, the wealth of others. And I'm interested in particular in that this packaging that is going on with the packaging together asylum seekers with the rest of, of, of the immigrants. And there is a difference there between an immigrant that's coming, I guess it would be called an economic migrant that is coming here for better opportunities versus someone who's escaping uh, persecution either from the government or from gangs and things like that. Can you uncart? elaborate a little bit on this difference and why the left focuses so much on the asylum seekers more than the the let's say let's call it economic migrant yeah so you can think of it one way to think of it is it's a push and a pull so asylum seekers are more it's they're being pushed out of their country or even refugees if they're coming from war-torn areas and so they're being pushed out and it's so unbearable that they flee it's not they're not being pulled to america it's not they look at america and see that's where i want to go and i'm going to do everything i can to get there that's the the so-called economic immigrant or just the more broadly the immigrant who i want a better life it might i might be okay in honduras or guatemala I, i'm not being persecuted and have to flee because i'm worried about i'm going to be killed in the next week but it's like, I don't want to live like this. I want a better life. That's it. They're being pulled towards America. And when, when one thinks about immigration in American history, that's what it is. It's being people being pulled towards America, that they see there's something good about America. There's something, my life will be way better there. I want to get there and I'm going to do whatever I can to get there. Refugees and asylum seekers are more, they're being pushed out and okay, I'll come here or be better. Some then will learn that, oh, that America is way better. I should have tried to come here even before that I felt like I had to come here. And they'll learn and they'll adopt American values and so on. But the more dominant when one thinks of immigration, it's, it's America's a pull. That's what the Statue of Liberty stands for and why it stands as a, um, as a symbol that everybody understands as it's beckoning the people from around the world to come. Like if you want something better, come here and that's the issue that it's a pull and that's what aoc is unconcerned about there's not in what you quoted there's not one word about people coming to work it's about people that they're in need they're desperate we've got to have programs they have to be eligible for these programs they have to be wards of the state and her view of it and she puts it as it's a this is we have to create a just society to her, a just society is to take from people who earn things and give it to people who didn't earn it. That's her view of justice, which is, that's the essence of injustice. But it, when one thinks of immigrants being pulled to America, that's not what they want. What they want is not, oh yeah, I hope 
to come to America and earn a lot so that it will be taken from me and given to people who didn't earn it. That's not why they're coming. And so that, in terms of thinking about immigration, one should think about it as the people who have been pulled to America want to work. And it should be as easy as possible for them to work. And if you had that kind of system, there's no more reason to think. So a welfare state, it's true. It incentivizes people to go on welfare, to seek the unearned. But just as we have a welfare state in America, it's not as though the majority of Americans decide then, yeah, I'm going to stop working and just try to live off the system and live off welfare. There's some who do that, but most understand no, but it's still, you have a way better life if you work and produce and so on, not go on welfare. And it would be the same for immigrants coming. There would be some who would come and who go on welfare, just as there are Americans who do that. And I can't be bothered to work and to earn my own way. But there's no reason to think the ratio would be any different for non-Americans than for Americans if it, it were easy to work when you come here. If anything, I would think the ratio would be because it's hard to move, come to a new country, learn a new language, it will be the ratio will be lower of the people coming to work versus, oh, what I want is welfare. Yeah, and, and I think also the more, um, if we imagine a, a, a country where we don't have this incentive of the welfare state, that you're going to attract not saying this is the job of the government to attract a certain type or not a certain type, but the truth is people that will be attracted to America will be people that know that they have to work or they cannot be here. There is no other choice. And I think that, some, that sometimes is not the case in other countries where they receive immigration that of people that want to live off of welfare. This is not the case for the United States because part of what the United States does is and it's supposed to offer this freedom to work, to progress, to build a life from scratch and to get all this opportunity if you work hard. The promise for the immigrants in the United States is as long as you work hard, you build your so-called American dream, you can progress, you can reach uh, a level of wealth and safety and freedom that you cannot get in your home country as long as you work. Uh, and I think that is, I agree, that is why immigrants come particularly to America and not go elsewhere when that's their intention. Yeah, and part of what's distinctive about America, or it's actually true in Canada as well, and it might be true in a few other places like Australia, um, but it's unlike much of Europe. The American attitude is if you come and do that, you become an American. So the assimilation is part, it's not just the immigrant, well, do they assimilate, do they learn the language? It's from the perspective of Americans is, yeah, like you, we view you now as one of us. Um, it does, we don't care where you came from, what your skin color is. It's, and th that's true in Canada as well. Like it, it, they're not looked at as, yeah, but you're not really Canadian. There's much more of that in Europe that it's, you might be working and so on, but you're not really French or you're not really German still. Um, I, I know immigrants in Japan. It's Japan's like that. It's you can be there 20 years. You can even learn the language. And so and it's still. Yeah, but you're not really Japanese. 
And what's so different about America, as I said, and there's some other countries that are like this, is no, you really are an American if you do this. And so, and that that conveys a welcoming attitude that is so positive. And it's positive for Americans here, and it's positive for the immigrants who are coming. And that's part of the why I resent so much the welfare state in regard to this, that it to turn Americans into, no, now we fear immigrants and we were suspicious of them and we'll never really regard them as Americans. That's against what the American ideals are. And part of what built the country, it's true that immigrants helped build the country, but part of what that meant is that Americans were welcoming of immigrants and immigrants knew that. Um, and that is, it's very unusual in the history of the world. I think I, I agree with that. And I, I think that's part of, uh, Ronald Reagan has a quote that I like. He says, I don't have any in front of me, but he says something like, you can go to France and, and you will not be, you cannot become a Frenchman. You will go to Germany, you will not become a, a German. But you come to America and you can become an American. Um, so yes, I agree with that. And that brings me to this kind of like objection that I hear quite often about for like this broadly an objection to immigration, but it has a lot to do with the welfare state and our discussion that we're having right now, which is, you know, well, immigrants really did contribute to America, you know, in the ninth, in the, the 19th century, like, yes, sure. However, immigrants today are not the same as immigrants now. And I think this draws, uh, this connects to, to welfare because a lot of, I see a lot of people uh, bringing up Milton Friedman in this context and a quote of him that is taken out of context. So essentially Friedman was in favor of immigration. He recognized the immense value that immigrants uh, bring to America and he, actually was in favor of illegal immigration because illegal immigrants cannot get welfare. But the way that the view is portrayed is that he said that we cannot have immigration in a welfare state. And the quote is answering the question, why is immigration in the 19th century different from immigration now? The quote uh, by Friedman is, because it is one thing to have free immigration to jobs. It is another thing to have free immigration to welfare. And you cannot have both. If you have a welfare state, if you have a state in which every resident is promised a certain minimal level of income or a minimal level of subsistence, regardless of whether he works or not, produces it or not, then it really is an impossible thing. So, because a lot of people try to uh, hit uh, some libertarians that are in favor of, of immigration, of free immigration, with this quote from these libertarian authorities saying like, you know, yeah, sure, immigration is good, but not in a welfare state. And, you know, it was good before because the welfare state wasn't as massive as it is right now. How can we, what do you think about this quote, Onkar? And in the context of, of this welfare state that we have right now, how do we view immigration? And is the solution well, just to start? like let people work? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, why, why don't we start? And I'm curious, like, you've read about this as well, what you think is, 
so and start with the sort of the basic question of is this even accurate as a representation of what Friedman's view is? And then uh, I, I think the answer to that, unfortunately, is no, it's not even an accurate representation. So then after getting like, what is his view, then to think, is there something right or something wrong, or maybe partly right, partly wrong in his view. But it's, it's so the whole debate is, as we've been talking about, is so filled with straw men, exaggeration, and even just things made up, as you were saying with the Bobert quote uh, that you put up earlier, that it, this is, unfortunately, I think is another instance that they just want to, oh, look, like Milton Friedman says this is impossible, so what are you talking about? But they don't even go spend enough time of trying to figure out, well, what was Friedman's view? So how do you think about it, that what was his view? Yes, so Friedman was, again, very much in favor of immigration. He he recognized the contributions of, like, the immense contributions of immigrants in, in to America, but not just from a perspective of, oh, they contribute a lot. Like, he was, at least it seems we're in this part, like, for freedom and recognizing that there has to be a very compelling reason to stop a person from moving to one side to to the other to like that to restrict the freedom of movement and he in fact was like we should not restrict the freedom of movement in the sense that we should have illegal immigrants i mean let's get them here but let's not make them legal so they cannot use a welfare state i take that more or less to be his position it's a, a position yeah. in favor of immigration but illegal immigration because there's a welfare state. Yeah, and if you think of, like, I've seen people, for instance, Heritage use the Milton Friedman quote as, oh, look, you free market people, you don't even understand what one of your um, kind of leading intellectuals understood about immigration. And if they put it as what Friedman says is we should have a lot of illegal immigration, um, that I mean, they would lose all their donors and so on. So they'll never dream of saying that, but they'll still use Freeman. And that's part of it, that so much of this debate is dishonest. It doesn't take much to get to, oh, okay, th that's what Friedman was saying. It's, it's illegal, it's fine, because then they can't um, qualify for all these welfare programs. And then, and since immigration's good, and you don't have this negative of the, of, people going on welfare, yeah, illegal immigration is great. And I would like to see the heritage people going around telling their donor, oh yeah, we think illegal immigration is great. Um, so, but then if you ask even that in terms of then, like that's Friedman's view, why couldn't you just make it that legal immigrants don't qualify for the program? Like, why do you have to make it, keep them illegal and so on? And there's not a good answer, I think, from Friedman on this point. He's just wrong. And, and I looked at one, like, I think it was a 1999 interview where it's, he's sort of, yeah, I haven't really thought about that. And people are on the free market side are surprised that he hadn't thought about it. But, um, and he's still suspicious of, well, it would be a problem to make them legal. And an element of why he's suspicious about it, I think is right, that it's too much. They're second class citizen, like you're saying they're legal, but everybody else um, qualifies for these programs and 
as you know, like legal immigrants pay social security taxes, Medicare taxes, and they won't qualify for the pro like there's something wrong about that. And he, he's right about that, that it's there's something very politically very off about making in effect a second class citizen. You're it's a kind of separate. Uh, they're equal, but you're separate like you. They everybody pays taxes, but you can't get like there's something very problematic about that. But that, again, just is that's the problem with the welfare state. It's not a problem with immigration. And so the, the idea that you could use Friedman as. Look, he, he what he thinks is the problems immigration, not the welfare state. I don't think that you're not kind of honestly grappling with his ideas if that's what you're how you're trying to portray them. So it seems like Friedman's solution was to this problem was well, let them come illegally, which is like it's problematic. But so in the system that we have right now, where we do have this welfare state, what what is what do we do and how do we like, we do have the welfare state? This is what we have to deal with. It can't be that we have to curtail immigration because there is a welfare state. So what is the and well, in this context, the thing we should Yeah, let's take one other element of Friedman's view that I think is wrong and it's important here. And we've in effect talked about it, but let's put it in this context. Friedman views plausible if you don't allow immigrants to work, because then it's the people who want to come and work can't come or at least can't work. The people who want to come and get welfare, they can come and, and like AOC will embrace them with open arm. Oh, yeah, we'd love to have you and subsidize you and have federal programs that you qualify for, too. If that's the context, you can't have a lot of immigrate. The more immigration you have, the more you're moving the whole welfare state towards bankruptcy. I mean, we're already moving there in terms of what the handouts from Social Security and Medicare are. And if you just brought more people getting handouts and not more people who can work, yeah, you're just moving faster towards a state of bankruptcy. But if so, if it's you've got a mixed economy with a welfare state, but and but immigrants can work, as I said before, I don't see any reason to think you won't have the same mixture of There'll be a lot of people, just like there's a lot of Americans who work and won't go on welfare, even though they qualify for it and so on. No, I'm going to build a much better life and a, a life that I can be proud of, a life that I've earned. I'm not getting handouts and going on the dole. And you'll have some immigrants who will, no, that's what I'm coming for. And yeah, I don't want to work. And so, but why to think like the majority of immigrants any more than the majority of Americans like that. Once you have a welfare state, that's what Americans will do. Nobody will work and everyone will just say, I want to be on welfare. And that doesn't happen for Americans. Why would it happen for immigrants? And there's no answer to that in the end, other than an answer. Yeah, but immigrants are bad people. Um, so Americans are good. They wouldn't do this. But Mexicans or Guatemalans, yeah, of course they would do that. But that's just xenophobia and racism. Yeah, I agree. This extremely collectivistic view of putting all immigrants in one bag and that is with all bad qualities and like they are moochers that come here. But in fact, for many immigrants, they are leaving 
regimes where they could have been uh, living off of welfare. The, the welfare state, for instance, uh, in Argentina and in, in Colombia and other countries, it's very big. And yet, no, there's not like a huge uh, influx of Argentinian, Argentinians here for many reasons, except like me and a few others. But uh, the welfare state is huge in many Latin American countries. And, you know, people could potentially stay there and just live off of welfare. But no, they don't want that. They want the freedom that is available here in America. They want to work and and build a life, a much better life here, not where they, where they uh, escape. But there's, there's another solution that is very popular. And frankly, it does sound very plausible to me, which is this solution, like, okay, if you don't want immigrants to go on welfare, the solution is to like, recognizing they already are limited in the welfare they can get, but let's, let's build a wall around the welfare state, a higher wall like, uh, around the welfare state, not around the country. Let's just, cut them from all of welfare, and that is the solution. Now, what do you think of that solution for the system we have right now? Yeah, I can understand the attractiveness of that in the context of people are pushing to restrict an already very restrictive immigration system even more. And if this was a way to um, stop it being further restricted or even that it's e a little bit easier for people who want to work, including like high skilled people from very Europe, Asia who want to come um, and can't, can't, I mean, all the tech companies have problems that they can't get their, these employees. So it's not only we're talking about low skilled or Mexicans. Um, it's, it's people, and, and it's not as though every Mexican is low skilled. It's like across the board, people wanting to work of thinking if this is what it takes to say like we're going to wall off the wall welfare state from them i can see a plausibility of it but the one of the big problems with it is the whole way it's presented and it it serves it disguises the injustice and evil of the welfare state because part of the way it's put as it's well the immigrants haven't paid for the welfare state. They haven't paid for all these programs. So they can't send their kids to public school. They can't get social security. They haven't paid for it, which makes it sound like the welfare state is paid for. It's like, we've earned this. And there are Americans who have this kind of view and it, they have this, in part this kind of view because this is how the whole system's disguised. It, if you remember in the Tea Party, uh, era. There were people, they, they're opposing Obamacare, but then there were some suggestions, well, are we going to cut Medicare as well? And they have signs like, hands off my Medicare. And what that part of what that means is like, I've paid for Medicare, so it's mine. You can't now take it. And the fact is, you have not paid for it. Um, it's not, it, it's not like a retirement plan where your money was you were putting it away and it was being invested. And now when you're needed in old age, you can draw on it. That's a private retirement plan. That's not what these plans are. The whole nature of the plan is to take from people who earn and give to people who didn't earn it. And why is that fine when we take from Americans and give to other Americans? But if we gave it to an immigrant, 
you take it from people who earned it and give it to someone who didn't earn it. But if they're an immigrant now, that's outrageous. Um, and so presenting it as, oh, like, we're going to wall them off because they haven't paid for it. All the recipients haven't paid for it in that, in, in the sense of what paid for means. They were hoping that, so when they were young, they were taxed. And some of them probably even voted for being taxed, voted for these programs on the hope that when I'm old, there's going to be other people who the government's going to go after and take their money to pay me. That's, that's not, you didn't earn this. And so th there's a way in which that whole proposal camouflages the evil of the welfare state. And I worry that that is a way of perpetuating it because it makes it say, oh yeah, the people who didn't earn this, they won't get it, but the people who earned it, they get it, but nobody earned it. Yes, that makes sense. So in the system that we have right now, the, I think letting, which is very complicated, including the issue of immigration itself and, and coming here legally and everything. It's very complicated, convoluted, but one step that can be taken that when the things got really bad in New York City, that's when you, people started saying, okay, what if we let them work? I think that is something that would make a big difference in the system that we have right now. Ideally, we would have a system where uh, anyone who's, I think, peaceful and wants to come to America to work and who's not a threat or a criminal, national security threat of any kind, can come here and work. And we wouldn't have to worry about the issue of welfare at all. Like, outside of immigration, the welfare state ideally uh, would not exist. Uh, but even like, again, in that system we have today, just having a pro-work immigration system, which needs for the system to be rethought in, in major ways, but in major ways, but we can, in the system we have, the immigration system we have, make some tweaks to let people, let immigrants uh, work and not have to be put in a position where it is like either die or take welfare. Yeah, and um, anything that moves yeah. in that direction is good. Yes, absolutely. Uh, and I hope that the situation that we saw this year will move people more as, as it think it kind of has a little bit towards, yeah, let's let them work as opposed to let's not let them in at all. I mean, a lot of people used it, like I said, uh, to be like, yeah, let's just not let anyone in because they need work for profit. But there was some movement to, yeah, what if we let them work? So I hope, uh, it, is, it becomes more apparent that that is actual, an actual solution for what we have right now. Okay, so that is what we have uh, for today. Thank you everyone for watching. Um, I wanted to uh, highlight that we are doing monthly Q&A episodes. And if you want, if you have any question about objectivist philosophy, you can send us your questions to expert at iran.org. And of course, as usual, if you enjoy the podcast, you can subscribe to our channel uh, and, su and uh, subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to your podcast, including YouTube. And uh, if you have any questions or comments about today's episode, you can email newideal at ironrand.org. We read all of the emails that we get and we respond to many of them. So thank you so much, Ankar. This was uh, really helpful. Uh, for me, I hope it's improved. I'm sure it was for the audience as well in thinking about this issue, which is complicated. And thank you to our audience for joining us, and we'll see you soon. You've been listening to New Ideal, a podcast from the Ayn Rand Institute. 
If you like what you hear, leave us a review, share with a friend, and subscribe to our other podcasts. This podcast was made possible by donors to the Ayn Rand Institute. Help support this podcast by becoming an ARI member. Go to aynrand.org forward slash membership.